At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. It is our final hour on VEASAN Bet Center. Saturday night action coming to you from downtown Las Vegas here at our Circus Sports Studios. Back with Josh Towers. I'm Ben Wilson. We are following a lot of live action going on. Huge playoff games both in the NBA and the NHL. Right as we were about to come back on air, Josh, we saw Mike Pasternak miss a completely, I'm not exaggerating, it was a totally wide open net as we are yet to see a goal <laughs> in Bruins Islanders game four right now. Bruins leading the series 2-1. About a dollar fifty favorite on the road in New York. It is still nothing, nothing though. I don't like. I don't even know how to skate, Josh. Like I, you would think I would, having grown up in Wisconsin. I do not know how to you. skate. I'm gonna explain this to you. I still think I could have scored. You could have. Yeah. He probably could again if he had the shot. I don't think he got obviously the greatest stick on the puck. But the reality is, they don't. And it's gonna sound like I'm making excuses. They don't shoot at the middle of the net. They shoot corners. I mean, look at the the All Star game and the and the skills competition. Like they go top right, top left. Bottom left, bottom right. Like, it's almost like a reactionary thing. I still don't think that he caught the puck good enough. I mean, he knew that he was going center center net. But muscle memory kind of takes you to what you practice. Because that's that's not a reality. That shot is not there ever. Ever. It's like a wide-open three in basketball. No one's around you. You need to be contested. You're going to miss it more times than not. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I Listen, he, he's beating himself. 
for it, but I'm not really that surprised if you want to know the truth. So a series that has been very tightly played throughout, and especially the last two games, each going to overtime. Islanders tying up that series 1-1. Bruins on Thursday win 2-1 to take the 2-1 series lead. Uh, you look at uh, where, where we stand right now, you see the live odds on your screen, three and a half, at least here in Las Vegas. Three and a half with some juice to the over right now, a game that went off at uh, five and a half. The handle was pretty much all on the over, at least on the East Coast, more than 80% of the handle coming in on over five uh, goals with some juice, as you would imagine, uh, to the over there. Uh, the NBA game has reached one quarter of play. There was a lot going on in one quarter that I don't think we either of us, Josh, expected to happen. Notably led by the fact that Kyrie Irving, uh, he was, uh, he, Kyrie Irving has led the way from a points perspective. I should say more notably led by the fact that James Harden goes out in the first minute of the first quarter. We've not heard anything more definitive other than it was an apparent hamstring injury. He did not run off the court. He was just walking off the court. We have not seen him return. It happened on the second possession of the game on a drive and kick. Came down holding his right hamstring. Bucks led by as many as nine in the first quarter, but Brooklyn is retaking the lead, 33-32 on a Joe Harris three. They were led in the first quarter by Kyrie with nine. Eight apiece now for both Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. This is not fair. Milwaukee getting 12 from Giannis and Denikumpo, and uh, we are uh, basically back to, uh, to an even game. And how about this? Just coming in, James Harden out for the rest of the game with the right hamstring injury. Not surprised. Not surprised. I'm telling you, the hamstrings are not something you can mess with. It's, it's 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 unfortunate. I mean, when it goes, it goes. There's only so much you can do. You have to get completely off of it. You try to come back too early. It's never good. Uh, KD resting, Kyrie on the court, Blake's on the court. This is where the Bucks are gonna have to stretch this out a little bit. Blake trying to guard Giannis. There's just no chance on that. It's not gonna work. I mean, the one happen. the one thing I, if you bet Milwaukee, that you would worry about, and we see it just play out uh, right in front of us. Milwaukee has really struggled at the free throw line, particularly Giannis and Denikumpo. We're on the other side. Brooklyn was a team at one point in, in, in that final Celtics game where like 26 of 26 from the line. So it might be the, the hack of Giannis uh, type strategy if, if things get to that point where there are such big mismatches. But this is what Milwaukee I'm gets about. a couple buckets, though, in transition. Well, Three-point lead. You know, the, the, the trip down the court before, Kyrie looks like he wants to do everything, but they kick it around, kick it around, kick somebody open, and they make a three. That time, Kyrie takes the ball, wants to do everything. It gets blocked. They go down, easy basket. Come back down, Kyrie wants to do everything, throws it up, gets a little jumper to go in, but like, I mean, if he's going to try to be a one-man show, it's not going to work out. Uh, they better hope they keep scoring so that they can keep KD on the bench and rest with no Harden, but that, that, that's not the philosophy right there. Kyrie's going to have to use his team, I'm telling you. From a pace standpoint, this thing is is pacing pretty well. If you bet the, the, the over in this game, 242.5 is your live total. This thing closed at either 239.5 or 240, which means no matter how fast the game starts, Josh, you need sustained points. points. The whole way. That's why, yeah, betting these overs, while it is the trendy thing to do, not, not a lot of people are going to want to take an under in a series like this with two high-flying offensive and a fast-paced teams. The reality is you need, you really can't afford any lapses in scoring, so we're likely to see this go uh, right down to the wire. This is VEASAN Bet Center on a Saturday night. Welcome back into our circus studios in downtown Las Vegas with Josh Towers. I'm Ben Wilson. It's our final hour Man, what a crazy Saturday it's been. And and that's, we were expecting it to be crazy, but not to the level that we have seen with some of the breaking news coming in. We'll start if you're just joining us with the fact that in game one of this Milwaukee and Brooklyn series, James Harden leaves the game in the first minute and he is out 
for the rest of the game with a right hamstring injury. Bucks, who went off as a three and a half or four point underdog, now favored in the live market by two and a half with the live total at 242 and a half. That went off about 239 and a half or 240. But Brooklyn Josh hanging in there. It's a yeah. one point game, big jam a moment ago, and an and one as well, as the Nets have at least stayed within striking distance. And uh, here they get the big bucket off the bench from uh, Nico Claxton. They're keeping it interesting. Well, they are. And, you know, he's been playing well so far, and this is what they're going to need, obviously. Uh, the other thing I'm noticing is every time Giannis touches the ball, whether he makes it or not, he's crying about a foul. Just crying, 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 man. Like, at some point, they're just not going to give it to you. You keep whining like that. And they go back on that side, and Brooke Lopez didn't like getting called for the foul. Uh, again, I just do your thing. Another rebound for Brooke. There you go. That thing's going to be over quick. Um Look at you. I, I just think all that over that. Man. Giannis needs to just play basketball. Again, don't ref. It's not your job. They call it. They call it. If they don't, they don't. The more you cry about something that didn't happen or anything's happened, the less they're going to give it to you. And then it changes your focus a little bit on what your job is. Gives you a little bit less time to get down court. You know what I'm, you hear what I'm saying here? Like, I just, you got a tough task. I don't care if Harden's in the game or not. You got a tough task, and trying to referee is not it as well. You bet not like five and a, over five and a half rebounds on Brooke Lopez. Where's he at? He has five in. 11 minutes. Man, Josh, look, Josh Towers, you're, I know you're a baseball guy, but I mean, you win, you get essential quality to start off the show. I stole this from you guys. So that, look, that's been, that's been part of the craziness today. Another look at the, uh, the player props again with James Harden. If you took the over on 27 and a half points or any of his props, he plays one minute, zero is across the board out for the rest of the game. So that's the big news there. We'll keep you posted on what happens in that game, still nothing, nothing at the end of the first period. Now, Bruins and Islanders in a very tight game. Only good chance Mike Pasternak missed a wide open Nets. A shot I think I could have put in about three minutes ago. But still nothing, nothing. The live total now down to three and a half. A little bit juiced to the under. As we mentioned earlier, if you missed it, essential quality. The winner of the Belmont Stakes, about a two and a quarter. Uh, the favorite coming in there, Josh Towers, buying the whole crew drinks after the show. So, and yeah. About to hit on another player prop. So thanks to Josh for that. And, of course, the uh, the John Rahm injury news as well. Uh, not injury, but Huge. positive COVID test. And he, the forced withdrawal for Rahm, the tournament favorite and six-stroke leader at the Memorial third round. Also the presumptive favorite for the U.S. Open at 8-1 to one odds. He will now be forced to isolate until two days before things get underway uh, at Torrey Pines. So those are some of the big uh, headlines we've been tracking on a very busy, very wild Saturday in the sports betting world. Let's uh, now turn it to our guest who has been, uh, he's been quite the busy man himself. Uh, so kind to give us some time. Mark Springer hanging out in uh, Denver. He works for Altitude Sports Radio where he hosts the Colorado Avalanche postgame show covering uh, all, sorts, all sorts of things at once there, Mark. I, I guess probably the nicest thing about this run for teams in your city is that you guys don't have to sit and watch the Rockies every day, right? Are, are you sure you don't want to talk Rockies? Because I have Rockies takes. They're mostly negative. <laughs> Um, I know Josh, pitching tonight. Josh is our former former big league pitcher here in the house. I know he would love to pepper you with Rockies questions. We're I, not going to put you through the misery, all right, I just, sure, sure. All my buddies in Colorado, man, just ripping the previous GM and the regime and all the <laughs> nonsense. And uh, I, I love to hear him vent. I think it's great. We're not going to. Well, don't for, worry. fortunately, they get the All Star game, so it's good to see that team catch a break. And but it's good for the city. But yeah, it's uh, it's a, you know we we are the only city with two teams remaining in both the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. And, yes, I host the Az postgame show, but I also talk quite a bit of nuggets on the station. Uh, let me just start with the Az, and I'll just say yes. this. I was surprised uh, that 
the Avs were slight favorites to start that game three, just the way that Vegas finished periods two and three. And I know that Rantanen got that overtime goal, and Pete DeBoer was very upset that Nico Rantanen embellished on that flashing call. Uh, that is its own discussion. But, I mean, Vegas was tremendous in periods two and three, and I was surprised that the Avs were like, minus 115 on the mm-hmm. opening line, but throughout the day, it shifted more and more towards Vegas. I mean, we're talking slim margins, but I'll be honest, I bet Vegas in that game. I was very impressed with the way that they finished game two. They dominated game three, and what I want to see from the ads in game four, I don't even need them to win. I need them to do what Vegas did in game two. I need them to get back in this series. I need them to push the pace and even things up a bit. I'm a little bit concerned about that because your guys' building is rocking. Your team is as solid as I've seen. I noticed this in uh, the game that the Avs essentially clinched the uh, President's Trophy, uh, that 2-1 to one win in Vegas where you guys only had 15 players in the first period. I thought to myself, that is as clean a team performance as I've seen in years from the Vegas Golden Knights. So this is the de facto Western Conference Finals in the second round. This is worthy of a Stanley Cup Finals, but right now, I mean, you guys have the momentum, and I'm, I'm just hoping the Avs even up the shots on goal total, so to speak, here in Game 4. I, I mean, as a Knights fan, I'm kind of excited you're saying this because this Avalanche team looks like the real deal. I agree. I think this is the, the Stanley Cup, in essence, with these two teams. What's the separation? I mean, what, we have a good team out here. We've had a good team. We've, we've come up short a couple times. What's the difference? Because Colorado, to me, and I agree, I, I thought the Knights played well to end the game. I thought they played fantastic last game as well. Uh, we're still down. We're still down to Colorado. Still seems to have this. We have this huge shots on goal advantage, but Colorado still seems as its presence. Is it? Is it the players? Is it the coaching? What? What is the separation that I'm missing here? Well, uh, you know, Jared Bednar is a very underrated coach, and this is a guy that Joe Sakic plucked out of nowhere from from the minor leagues. I coached in Columbus uh, for for their minor league team, and. And it was a surprise hire, but he really has his pulse on the team. I mean, there was an incident a couple, two, three years ago where him and Nathan McKinnon were chirping at each other on the bench, but it was water under the bridge after that moment. Jared Bednar, he was very critical of the ads after game three. He chewed him out to the media quite a bit. But, I mean, if we're looking for a separator, and the reason I assume that the ads were slight favorites to uh, open game three, and, and from what I can tell, this line appears to be minus 110 on both sides here in game four. Look, the public and everybody, they want to bet Nathan McKinnon. They want to bet Kale McCarr. They want to bet Nico Rantanen. I love Mark Stone. I think that Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, solid defenseman. Goaltender battle is pretty even. I think Philip Grubauer is underrated nationally. But uh, the separator is McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen. To me, Kale McCarr is one of my little hot takes, and I know I'm a homer and a little biased, but I think he's the best defenseman in the NHL. I think he's underrated defensively. I know my co-host Alex Ryan Emmy, uh, he believes it's Victor Hedman. I, I, I don't disagree with him. I think Kale is so dynamic offensively that I'm willing to go with that hot take. Uh, you know, one thing I would like to see from Kale, though, and I, like I said, I think he's underrated defensively. Uh, you know, look at the Max Pacioretty tip deflection goal. Uh, and I think that was the one that put him up 3-2. to two. You know, he gets inside position on the car. And the car's 22 years old. He's the nicest kid ever. I like to see him you know, lay, lay, lay a little bit on, on uh, Pat Shreddy. Get him out of the way. Be a bad. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to be the nicest kid ever, which he is. Again, Mark Springer joining us. Follow him at Mark A. Mark on uh, Twitter, host of the Avs postgame show on Altitude Sports Radio and following what's been an incredible series. Just the last two games, if you, if you just take those 
on their own have been two of the more incredible games of hockey we've, we've gotten to see all year in the NHL of any series. We look ahead to game four tomorrow, as you mentioned, about, about even. And no matter whether you're in, uh, in the Nevada jurisdictions where you usually see heavy Golden Knight money or whether you're in the Colorado, which is obviously a newer jurisdiction, but still... Uh, even with certainly you always you always sort of have the baked in uh, the, the hometown lines there. Regardless, these lines have been have been uh, kind of bet pretty sharply and, and pretty tightly as well. So basically, even money on each side coming into tomorrow. But you you know you look at it, Mark, from a series price. Still, I'm a little surprised the fact that you have Colorado minus three seventy five, and this will vary by shops, but still almost a four dollar favorite. While the Knights are uh, basically a three dollar underdog here. You mentioned the shots on goal and how worrisome it, that would have to be if you're an Avalanche fan. The fact that it was basically, what, 31-12 to close out game two and 43-20 to last night. When you combine those two factors, think about the fact that Vegas basically punts game one with Robin Leonard and Ed. Do you think that series price is, is accurate at this point as we get ready for game four tomorrow night in Vegas? You know, I I think that even after the Avs uh, game one win, and they it, that that was as good as the Avs have looked all season. I'm not sure if that was because they had the week or so rest, and uh, your Knights were coming off of a seven game series, and and they did go with Robin Leonard, and and we were critical of that here in Denver. Although, look, Robin Leonard is a good goaltender, one of the better backups. He'd start for a lot of teams in this league, and I was surprised after that game one to see that it jumped like all the way up to minus four fifty for the Avs, and I guess according to you, we're back down to minus. Uh, 375. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think throwing a shot at Vegas is worth it, but the reason that I would say that the ads are still viewed as strong favorites in this series is that they would have a home ice in a potential Game 7. I, I think that both of these, it, it's it's wild having fans back, uh, and, yeah. and especially in the, in the NHL right now. I mean, and these two buildings, Vegas, uh, and the T-Mobile Arena and uh, Ball Arena here in Denver, they are, they are rocking, and you guys are at full capacity if the ads make it to the next round, they will increase the full capacity. But uh, I do think that it's the, it's the potential game seven at home that is giving the abs that, that little extra advantage. Does the altitude affect it as much in hockey as it does other sports? You know, I, I, I think maybe, maybe, maybe in game one, Maybe it did a little bit in game one, but I think once you adjust just, and now both teams I thought we took that day. Now off. both teams are going back and forth. I, I don't think it's much of a factor. I love okay. the I love the job. Oh, we took the day. I'm yeah, telling you. Just because he's a he, former athlete, all of a sudden. You tell me the, they didn't the just call it a day on game one, knowing they had two days rest right. after what happened, these guys had all that time off. You can you can make the debate. All right. I'm telling all you, I know right. is and this... I'm not saying the players did. I'm saying the staff did. I'm saying the front office did. All I know is series is now 2-1. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. As you, as you point out, Mark, it was, it was so fun to watch uh, last night. Want to turn as well, and this is one of the one of the nice things of having somebody on who gets to cover two teams in in basically the same market in multiple sports here deep in the playoffs, and that would be the Denver Nuggets as well, who've had this incredible run. You think about how good they've been since Jamal Murray's injury, and uh, the way that they end up holding off Portland in a series where a lot of people like the Blazers in that series price. It's interesting. You turn now to a Sun series who most people were betting against in the Lakers, that 2-7 matchup, Mark. And you have a price set of the Suns, almost a $2 favorite. Uh, where do you, how do you assess a series like this where, in all honesty, I mean, uh, you think about the, the marquee matchups, we, we kind of figured that the Suns' biggest issues would be defending the size of LeBron and AD in the middle. And here you come out and you've got Nikola Jokic, who is certainly a similar type player to lead the way for uh, Denver. What do you make of a second round series like this between two teams who not a lot of people were picking to get to this point? Yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily picking it either. I, I 
was a kind of slight lean on the Blazers. I just can't count out Damian Lillard and the Jamal Murray injury, uh, being without his scoring ability. It gave me some some concern, but uh, Nikola Jokic is absolutely the MVP. I know I'm a Denver guy, and I'm not sure what your take on that is. And you guys, you know, you mentioned the altitude. Uh, we uh, like to follow the tweets of one Spike Eskin out in Philadelphia, who is now going to work with WFAN. Uh, he is a big anti-Jokic guy. He also thinks that sports should not be played in Denver because of the altitude. So his takes are absolutely god-awful. You look at, like, Nick Wright of FS1. He got a lot of run in Denver because he said that Chris Paul should be the MVP and then Nikola Jokic would be uh, the worst or weakest MVP in NBA history, which was uh, quite the take that got a lot of criticism here in Denver. And now it's the Nick Wright Super Bowl because it's Chris Paul versus Nikola Jokic. And I think a lot of people are going to look at this series and they're going to say, well, Devin Booker just went for 47 points. He hit 8 of 10 threes. That was a career high regular season and playoff for Devin Booker. And Chris Paul, I mean, watching that game, as great as Devin Booker was watching that game six, Chris Paul stirs that drink so well. I mean, what he's done to that team really is tremendous. I don't want to take anything away from Chris Paul, but Nikola Jokic is playing the best basketball of his career. He's in the best shape of his career. And so, you know, I mentioned the Jamal Murray injury. Well, Monte Morris has stepped up in these last few games. He's, he's a guy that, you know, if, you, if you're a hardcore NBA fan, you are well aware of who Monte Morris is. If you're a more casual fan, you're probably like, who the hell is this guy? There's no way he's any good. He was a four-year starter at Iowa State. He's in his fourth season now. He, his assist-to-turnover ratio is fantastic, and, and his shot has improved. You look at Austin Rivers. I'm not sure the list of the best street free agent signings of all time, but he's got to be up there. You could do a hell of a lot worse than Austin Rivers if you need to break a glass in case of emergency and replace Jamal Murray. And he's 15 of 31 from three uh, so far in the playoffs. And he has a bunch of playoff experience uh, with the Clippers and the Rockets. I'm not sure what the issues were off the court that was scaring a lot of teams from signing mm-hmm. him. Facundo Campazzo is he's a classic Greg Popovich Spurs player. He's a pest. He gets uh, under the other team's skin, but led by Nikola Jokic, and he's going to go up against DeAndre, which is a step up from Nurkic, but I'm looking at this as tears. Jokic dominated Nurkic. Let's see how he does against the young Aiden. Advantage certainly Jokic. There's a matchup with Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive players in the league on the horizon. I'm going to ride the Nuggets. I think it's going to be Nuggets Jazz, a repeat of that classic from the Nuggets coming back down 3-1. Only difference will be they won't have Jamal Murray. And again, the series price, Phoenix, about a $2. Slightly at some books, looking at uh, our, right now on our screen, we've got BetMGM odds up at minus 225. It's funny, these. It, it, like, you look at both of these series, I feel like both the, the favorites we just talked about, Avalanche on one side, Suns on the other. Even though I kind of lean to both of those teams with where we're at, obviously in the middle of this Vegas-Colorado series and before we get to see the start of Suns, and Nuggets, those, those, both those prices feel a little bit high to me, Mark. At the same time, I kind of lean uh, both of those ways. If anything, look, you can bet the over five and a half games. Lay a little juice, maybe minus 135, 140 in that range. I think that would be the, the play I would make because I'm kind of with you. I think this series will go deep in, uh, in Denver and Phoenix. Either way, I'm sure it's been awesome for you guys to cover. Thank you so much for uh, coming on, making your VEASAN debut, hanging out with us and uh, talking some live betting here on a Saturday. Appreciate it, Mark. Hey, I appreciate it. Go Rockies. <laughs> Go, yeah, need all the help they can get, of course. Josh is, I know Josh, you know, root, rooting them on, of course. Uh, we, 
We've got a lot going on in this uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and we're going to update you on the live prices as they are in a break. We'll tell you about that next as the final hour of Beeson Bet Center rolls on from Vegas right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back in. It's our final hour of VEASAN Bet Center on a Saturday night. So much action going on right now. Back with Josh Towers. I'm Ben Wilson. A little bit of danger time, though, right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's despite, you missed it, James Harden leaving the game after less than a minute with a right hamstring strain and was announced shortly thereafter out for the rest of the game. Despite all that, though, Brooklyn has kind of found a second wind here, largely, Josh, thanks to some really poor Milwaukee shooting. 59-51 now, Brooklyn. Largest lead they have had of the day. And on the live markets, they are basically back to a a little bit higher than where they were to close, about a a 3.5 or 4-point favorite at close. Currently, you can get Brooklyn at about a a 5.5-point favorite clip. Total pacing right at the, right about the closing total of 239.5 or 240. It's up to 243.5. What if... Well, has this concerned you at all watching the, the Nets sans Harden actually look better? I know it was only a minute, but yeah. they've looked pretty good with him not on the floor so far. Well, James and Blake Griffin have looked fantastic to me. I mean, the hustle, the effort, moving without the ball, the rebounds. Uh, those two dudes have been the difference, I think, because we've seen KD take some time off. Kyrie's been on the court a lot. Obviously, no Harden. Uh, that's been the separation. Now, again, can we do it for four quarters? That's why you have depth on your team. That's why you go and get a steal on a Blake Griffin um, to complement this other stuff. They've looked great. And that's my point right there is whatever happened, it is what it is. The Bucks can't sit on the ground, three guys looking all complaining about a foul and not get up and then let the, the Nets go back down court and have a, a two-man advantage trying to score. Like, you can't do that. Get up and go. Like, it's not your call. You're not the ref. That's my point. They're... They're getting caught up in, in, in stuff that they don't need any business in, and they're still in the game, which is kind of crazy. It's 53-59. Thinking about it, too, Bucks have just looked a little skittish so far, too. You sometimes see these in these really heavily hyped playoff matchups. One team sometimes comes out. You sometimes get the feeling out process, but we've, what's really more been the case is it right there. I think Brooklyn's kind of been, by, by virtue of that early injury, they've been forced to be well, kind of, yes. I mean, they, they've had to, have a little bit more urgency as a whole. And Milwaukee's looked just kind of skittish and sloppy in general. You think about a, a three-point shooting team that has been deadly all season, facing a defensive uh, team in Brooklyn that has basically given up points at will all year. And yet the Bucks, three of 18 from downtown, they only trail by eight right now, 90 seconds to go in the first half. But you ha- if you like uh, Milwaukee, obviously for this game, if you like Milwaukee for the series, got to be a little concerned with the start not so far as Giannis Adenokupo, all right, on two splashes of three. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, three-point shooting, obviously, four for 19. But, again, watching the way the Nets are moving without the basketball and the Bucks are just standing around on defense, it's, I mean, it's, it's huge separation. 14 now for Adenokupo to lead the way. Again, you know, looking at some of his uh, player props, he was a guy bet up into the, uh, the uh, low 30s today. And you look at the points, rebounds, plus assists, those are all the way up in the low 50s, 52-and-a-half type range for Adenokupo uh, so far. In, in this one, 12 for Drew Holiday. Uh, but Brooklyn, 20 first-half points from Kyrie Irving. He is He's been flying, going to fly over his player prop of in that 27-and-a-half range right there. Blake Griffin has also been, has been good, too. He's been great. Points. Yeah, Katie has not had to do much. 12 this points is the same guy that was a star in the NBA. Huge contract, Clippers, all-star, everything. I mean, he didn't lose too, too much, right? I mean, you go to Detroit, of course you're going to fall off. You go to Detroit, who hasn't? Well, we, I mean, yeah, he's more, he's we, still, we, he has the ability. We have two different guys in this series on opposite teams who I think pretty obviously were not happy in their situations right. and kind of, I don't know if sandbagging is the right word, but look, they kind of just punted on their, on their situations. They did not really put in effort. They appeared to be hurt, washed up, wanted out. One of them wanted as, to be a celebrity. As soon as, yeah, that too. as soon as they go to the new market and the winning team, 
P.J. Tucker from Milwaukee has been a valuable role player, and Blake Griffin's been a fifth starter. And they've Giannis been successful. Giannis Antetokounmpo is so long. I think he, like, sometimes overextends to the rim, doesn't realize he got there that quick, and he misses. Like, I, if he wanted to take it to the, to the rack every time, they couldn't stop him. It's, it's pretty impressive. He's 8 of 13 from the field. Pretty impressive. Man. He has 19 points. Him and KD he is are a very whole impressive. different level, man. He's very impressive. Uh, still nothing, nothing, by the way. We're four minutes into the second period, although Boston is on the power play. They nearly score, uh, but a nice save made as Boston and the Islanders were made knotted up in, in game four of a series that uh, the Islanders desperately need to have. They were about a plus 150 underdog, though, coming into it. And so far, Semyon Varlamov has been pretty good, stopping all 12 of the shots he's faced. Tuka Rask saving Rask. all 11. So this has gotten... A little bit uh, tighter here, and kind we, of what we, expected, right? we see on the live line, Boston still minus 140 on the live line. Total, though, three and a half now with some juice uh, to the under. So, been tight. Been tight. That's what the Bucs got to do more of. Drive? You like to drive? Moving without the ball, yeah. Aggressiveness? I do, I like that. The five-point game as we go to the half. Brooke Lopez showing some aggression, able to uh, try to draw some contact, but puts up a shot late after the buzzer. I think they... They did. Uh, they waved that off. So instead of a three-point game, it is still a five-point game. 63-58 Nets as we go to break. We'll get you a halftime line on the other side. I'm gonna. Josh might. Uh, you might indulge me for a few minutes next on a on a sport he doesn't have any. Interest in. We're gonna talk about that next. We'll find out what that is on the other side here on Vsin. Any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VEASAN Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in. We've got about 20 minutes left here on VEASAN Bet Center Saturday night in Vegas with Josh Towers. I'm Ben Wilson. How are your UFC bets going, by the way? I think it's like this. The guy we just had lost. Ponson Nibio ended up winning on decision. Um, looked like a close fight. A lot of tweets said it was a great fight. I Santiago Ponson over Miguel Baeza. And Baeza wasn't happy about the decision, so you know it was close. Mm. Uh, we lost that one. All right. Get him next time. Still going. Yeah, Tibera. Rosenstreak, the main events and co-main events still yet to go. Yeah, Rosenstreak and Sakai, that's the main event. Now mm-hmm. two fights away from uh, from that heavyweight getting underway in uh, the UFC fight night here from Las Vegas. Josh already hit, though, with the central quality. And, uh, you know, um, and your Brooke Lopez, <laughs> your Brooke yeah. Lopez rebound prop is he only needs one in the second half to go over. So I think you're in good shape. He's been on five shape. since the first. He has been on five on, since Brooke. the first. Uh, speaking of that, Interesting development there. As we went to break, we kind of assumed we yeah. saw Brooke Lopez go up for a shot right at the end of the first half. Looked like the ball was clearly out of his hands after the buzzer sounded. However, they go back and review it. They determined that he was actually fouled with .1 seconds left as he was going up to shoot. So by the foul occurring before the buzzer, the clock would stop with a tenth of a second left, meaning he was allowed to finish the play, puts it in, and one, gets a free throw, and makes it. So instead of Milwaukee down by five at the half, they're actually down, Josh, by two at halftime. 
That did not. Now I was wondering. My first re, my first reaction was, did that did that swing the first half total? No, close. It had already gone barely over the 118 and a half before that. But you get 124 in the first half. 120 is the line for the second half, which would put you at uh, 244 for the game. This is something that uh, that closed in the 239 and a half or 240 range. Pickham is your second half line on Brooklyn, a team without James Harden, who exited in the first quarter, but has gotten a huge performance already from uh, Kyrie Irving, 20 points, 9 of 6 from the field in that first half. And he, uh, he shook Drew Holiday a couple times. A few times. And he's, he looked really, really good. KD did not, at least by his standards, didn't do a ton. 12 points on 5 of 12 shooting in the first half in uh, 21 minutes. So the Nets... Minus two for the game right now. Total at 244. One of those, it feels like it's going to come down to the wire, which is where you know you think with Harden out, advantage to Milwaukee. But I don't really have a good feel having watched this first half, Josh. Just with how skittish Milwaukee has looked, I think you could make the case they're fortunate to be within two. Having said that, Brooklyn up two without one of its big three stars. Also kind of a, a fortunate break for Steve Nash, Nash's guys. Yeah, I'm saying, again, the same game that we've seen all season between the, th- uh, the two teams. Uh, Kyrie, it was his first half. I mean, he was everywhere. He did everything. Obviously, Blake Griffin did as well. But offensively, a lot of it looked like seemed like he had a lot of boards too, man. Especially, he he just was everywhere. He was nonstop. He looks like he was ready. He was possessed as soon as Harden, which we're seeing now on the screen, goes out. Kyrie stepped up, and it kind of allowed KD to, who was trying to step up early, to kind of sit back and relax and just, you know, move around. And when it came to him take his shots, he also got to sit a little bit. Kyrie's presence allowed KD to kind of take a backseat. Now, will we see that switch? Will KD step up and Kyrie kind of takes a backseat? I don't know, but it created a luxury for him and rest for Kevin as well. So, again, that score, the half 63-61. Brooklyn, pick them, 120 are your second half lines. Remember when we talked about that Bruins-Islanders game, just not really anything going on? Uh, In the last five minutes, not one but two goals have been scored. David Krejci opens the scoring for the Bruins, a 2-1 series leader coming in, but... Fear not. Islanders, just about 15 seconds ago, bounce back. Kyle Palmieri makes it 1-1 about seven minutes into our second period right now. And uh, this has turned into another really fun one. What, what action tonight on Long Island? You got uh, at the Barclays <laughs> Center in Brooklyn. Nets in action. They've been able to use the old Nassau Coliseum for these some of these Islander home games, getting the, the spark and uh, the, the special flavor back inside the building for the Islanders, 1-1 game, and uh, back to basically even. Uh, Bruins minus 130 live, but your total back up to 5.5 with wow. a, lo- well, a lot of juice to the under in a game that was set at about uh, 5 as we looked, five some 5.5s five on the pregame market. Is it 5.5 for? A ton of juice, minus 220. Yeah, which oh. so there are some books here in there's one shop in town that uh, if, if you're a if, if you've been around the block and you know betting you kind of know you, you know what book I'm talking about, which they will put up some of these kind of skewed in-game numbers where the obvious underplay or or over, usually it's underplays where it's getting to mid to later in a game you've got to lay some huge ginormous prices which just kind of defeats the the purpose. It's like just kind of scare somebody. So I was like, you'd rather yeah. just set a set an accurate, honest number and have even juice than say five and a half at minus two twenty. I mean, who's to say like we had two goals. I mean, it, obviously the, the number would say, yes, bet that under, but you really want to risk. Are you really going to bet that much and lay that much juice on a right. in-game price like that? That's why I don't, don't agree with that kind of, kind of logic on the, on the bookmaking. And I, you know, you should probably avoid those types of 
uh, situation. I know some people argue, all right, maybe you can make a profit uh, there. So anyway, they're at uh, commercial break now, 1-1, 12.42 to go uh, into the second period. You, you had to figure, Josh, we would not get out of uh, a three-hour show together without me bringing up some tennis. Figured, it's all you, buddy. Figured it would happen. You figured you knew. If, of all the sports, like Josh, the former professional athlete, of all the sports, Wait it's been well documented that you would you have the big advantage. Well, he'd probably give me what, like, ten, fifteen strokes on the golf course. I don't know if I'd give you that many. What are you talking about? You tell me your stories about how good you are, all this Not stuff. You're playing from the tip. I, I heard about your drop. I like. No. So your hand, I think you're, you're sandbagging. You're like a scr- you're like a scratch golfer though. I'm not a scratch. I'm like and a you're si- That's ten That's shots. not even lying. That's definitely He's lying to every one of you guys right now. He's lying. I'm not lying. See, this is the handicap. This is sports I round, if, you round up, right a, if you round I'm up, I'm a ten. <laughs> if you round up, I'm a ten. And Can I pick the course? Yeah. <laughs> I still think that's uh, my point. Is the one sport that I think I could actually beat you is tennis. I'm gonna say you have an advantage. I, I would have. I'm com- I can competitively play, like just athletically, but yeah, you'll move me around to our yeah, fatigue. And, exactly. Yeah. All right, so we'll start. The, we'll we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll look into it as well in our, our final uh, segment here. But are you Brent giving us Chopin, something that hasn't happened yet? Am I? Am I? Let's go. I need a bet. Well, that's what I'm going to give you in our next segment. <laughs> what I will tell you right now, though, there was a one match still going in Paris French Open. Roger Federer survives. He he holds off. The uh, the feisty German uh, in this match, Dominic Kepfer, took him four sets. Match finished at almost 1 a.m. Paris time. We were actually on the air while this match was going. So Federer survived. Tell you what that impact has had on the futures betting markets. There, there is a, a, a play I will give out uh, on the women's side for tomorrow as the French Open gets ready to go into its second week, second Grand Slam of the year. We'll talk about that next. Give you some final betting thoughts as well as we wrap up the show next here on Visa Bet Center. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. It's our final segment tonight on VEASAN Bet Center. What a fun show it has been. We've really discussed everything. Uh, the Belmont Stakes, final triple crown race. We've had craziness going on in the golf world where John Rom so, so unfortunate to see that news test positive for COVID, forced to withdraw despite leading the tournament by six shots at the Memorial at the end of round three. Uh, but Josh, you know, gave out a winner here with uh, with with his Belmont Stakes pick. So plus money got her got her done. Even though it was the favorite, still it, it uh, essential essential quality. That was a quality bet by you. Quality bet. We're talking UFC, which uh, the that uh, mm. fight night card in Vegas going on as we speak. Uh, obviously, a lot of NBA, NHL playoff action going on right now. Nothing new to to tell you about there. Uh, I mentioned a little tennis too. We're Let's go. we're in uh in the French Open Grand Slam of tennis. Uh, I I will I like to bet this what. The negative is if you live on the West Coast, Josh has got his pen ready. Ready. These matches start at uh, about 2 a.m. on the West Coast, so you got to be an early riser. No, we just better go to sleep. That too. Wake up. You happy. can also just do that as well. Yes. So yeah. I would. The one thing I'm looking, I would say on the uh, the women's side, a lot of carnage in the draw where you had the biggest news was Naomi Osaka, the controversial withdrawal of her own after being fined and reportedly threatened that she would be. DQ'd from the tournament by not speaking to the press. That is one of those talk radio segments that I'm sure we could have. Don't really need to do it because it doesn't really uh, matter from a, a betting implication standpoint. But Osaka goes out of the draw. You look at the rest of the field, though, on, on the women's side, and uh, you think about uh, the some of these top seeds. The, and the, the latest was today. You had the fifth seed, Alina Svitolina, go out. We've already seen the top seed. Ash Barty, she had to withdraw the other day, so she is out of the tournament. You had Simona Halep, she did not even enter the tournament. She was uh, would have been one of the top favorites. She also cited injuries and uh, did not play. So it has been uh, upset city throughout so what we've seen, just a crazy Australian Open to this point already. 
Uh, right now, uh, Josh, so far, I mean, it's basically, and uh, the three seed, Arena Sabalenka, went down yesterday. So your top seed left is the four seed, Sophia Kennan, who had been in brutal form, was a finalist last uh, last year, but was destroyed by the tournament, pre-tournament favorite, Iga Sviatek, who was about uh, three and a half to one at, at most shops. So Sviatek right now, here's my point on this, Josh. The only player left it really in Sviatek's path is really two that can give her a, a, a good push, and that is Serena Williams, the seven seed, and the four seed in Sophia Kennan. So Iga Sviatek, her advanced numbers on clay, remember? French Open is at Roland Garros on a clay surface. Her advanced numbers are ridiculous on clay. By far the best player left in the field when you, you look at both the service points and return points. One, so she has gone from three and a half to one in the market She's still even money to win the tournament. And I would argue a lot of people in the French Open over the years have just laid the wood on Nadal to win. He's only won 13 of them, so, you know, makes sense. <laughs> Usually the common strategy is whatever Nadal is, you just lay the price on him winning. Igus Fiatek, though, to me, is, is, should, be a, should be a bigger favorite than Rafael Nadal is right now. And Nadal is minus 160. Keeping in mind, Nadal will still have to face potentially Djokovic likely to face Djokovic in a semifinal, could also potentially face Federer, who had to grind out uh, that, that four-set win earlier today. The big three in the men's game, all on the top half of the draw. So I think Sviatek should actually be more like a minus-150 favorite to win this tournament. I would actually go, I'm going to play her tonight, get her at even money to, uh, to win the tournament. And tomorrow, I'll take a little piece of Paula Badosa over the 20th seed, Marketa Vondrusova, who was a finalist here, actually, sorry, champion here two years ago, but has been... A very mediocre pedestrian on clay since then. Two first-round exits and is about just barely over 500, eight and six in her clay court uh, season this year. Badosa is a newcomer on the tour who has been awesome playing at a lights-out level right now. Uh, she's a minus 150 favorite, Josh. I like her. Josh was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. but Wrote it all down. I got it. I like it. All right. Get your bets in. We're going to get them. You good? That was four we're off. four we're minutes right on there. tennis. You, you good with that? Three hours? No, I'm we great. Give four Listen, you give us some plays that we can make. Fall asleep, wake up, have a good breakfast, and some winners we're in. That Bedosa match is, is 3.15 a.m., so, you know. Might be up. Who knows? You might. You might. Be. Who knows? You might be. I, I, you're the early riser of, of us, too. I am not. Uh, by, by the way, they're about to start the third quarter in uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn again. 63-61 nets at the half. They are a pick for the second half. That first half total uh, did go over the 118.5, but the first half spread pushes. Bucks wow, were what a, a two-point first-half underdog. What a push. They get the push on an overturned and one that it looked like was after the buzzer had sounded. They correct it. Brooke Lopez credited with the layup and a free throw with point one on the clock. And so that first-half bet pushes. Tough break if you were on the Nets. And a reminder, no James Harden out for the rest of the game with that hamstring strain. Also still 1-1 in the hockey. Bruins and Islanders, 8.40 to go in the second period. This has now moved to a pick em on each side with a live total at about four and a half with some juice to the over, as you can see on your screen. I love, I, I'm telling you right now, the Nets are the best at when somebody for the Bucks goes up for a rebound, getting a push on them before they jump and they go forward instead of up to the ball and not get the rebound, the Nets have been grabbing them. I mean, it's the little things in basketball that we kind of don't see. The reps see it, they should know it, but the timing of the push to offset the rebounding for the Bucks has been fantastic by the Nets. Is there maybe a correlation there between that and the Bucks complaining to the refs all about the uh, yeah. non-calls all night because they're not I mean, getting the calls? The timing is is the entire aspect. And there, of PJ it. Tucker appeared to get hammered by Kevin Durant on a three that wasn't called. 
And Kyrie on the other end, uh, Brick's a three. Okay. Again, we don't need we to saw, get We had a return favorite right there by we, the Bucks. Also, the a second ago, you could have had Boston Red Sox at plus 480, but they just had that game as well. Okay. That game is now 2-2. Red Sox-Yankees top of the sixth. Uh, the other, and that's uh, right now, waiting on that live line to be reposted. But live total, 8.5 juice to the under. Giants have taken the lead, though. They were down 2-0 early to the Cubs at home. That is a 3-2 Giants lead. They're minus 300 now. Uh, in game and staying Josh in that division what a fun matchup we have tonight we've got you in the house former big league pitcher I love it when we then get big time pitching matchups and we've got that tonight at Petco actually the guy you'll be hosting with tomorrow Jeff Parles he is at this game he's at the game he's at the game Jeffrey we're, Jeffrey we're, uh, we're yeah he's at Petco tonight gonna have to tear him away from beautiful how about this five and a half on the total yeah, no it's and we had this conversation last week with Greg Peterson trying to think uh when has there ever been a total this low? I he had never seen one. I have never seen one. I mean, we've seen some of these se- these seven inning games, low totals, but yeah. a nine inning game, a total at five and a half. I mean, it could is have been like nuts. when I faced Ted Lilly and he was on the Yankees and I was on the Orioles, you know, something like that. Maybe. Oh yeah, like back in sure. the day, yeah, five Ted and a half, Lilly. four, something like that. That's a that's a good pull. That's like I first do. three. Um, <laughs> first three, <laughs> five and a half, and De- and uh, Degrom in this spot is five and a half. Is actually not not the favorite. Joe Musgrove and the Padres are favored. Okay, which Joe Musgrove are we gonna get? Which one are we well, gonna what's get? What's interesting too is Musgrove's last outing was actually in relief, and he throws five no hit innings in a game where they had no arms left in the bullpen. I, Blake Snell was I wish, awful. I wish I had more details on this. Whether it was like a planned, bro, just go to the pen and. Are you kidding me? Or, hey, dude, I need you today. Can you please give me some innings out of the pen potentially? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Because anytime it's like. Oh, wait, wait. No, I'll do it. But it's like, hey, I need you in a pen. Uh, now I'm mad. Like, so depending on how it was asked is a mindset thing. And I wish I knew how it was asked to him because he th- he was fine. He was perfect, by the way. Except for I think he maybe hit a batter, but he's perfect. Mm-hmm. But before that, four and two-thirds in a start, no runs, one hit. Seven innings, two hits, no runs before that. Five innings, one run before that. And then he had his streak of three in a row where he was awful. Um, so now he's back to good. I don't like the start relief thing. It really offsets what we do. So depending on how he got to that situation is important for me. And I wish I had the answer for you guys because it would really help me decide on whether I thought the good Joe or the bad Joe was going to show up in this game. I know the good Jacob's going to show up for sure. So I think the line's funny. It's respectful. It's conducive of of what Jacob will do and what Joe might do. Uh, I still don't know how you take an under 5.5 for a 9-inning game. I I still don't get it. Well, and what's interesting, part of this, too, is the importance of looking at different books. Because yeah. here at Circa, DeGrom and the Mets are actually now favored, minus 109. So one, it, two, it, three, every two. other book, you have slight uh, slight juice to the Padres. Yeah, I got it. In the last six games, Musgrove's only going over five innings once um, at home, ironically, at home. So And their bullpen's pretty good. I mean, Musgrove this year, too, at 208 ERA. XFIP, the underlying numbers suggest, you know, even it's it's hard to have underlying numbers that are lower than, like, a 2 ERA, but XFIP still 265, which is really good, even if, and that's partially due to a very low batting average on balls in play, just 212. But, I mean, the guy still had career-low walk rate, striking out nearly 12 per nine. Really not, you know, you look at it as well, really not getting barreled up all that much or giving up a ton of hard it's contact. Like it's a little bit up, yes. but you know, it's yeah. The, the sample of him getting hit hard, it's been in very short spurts. So to your point with that, I'd almost say, look, and it's, I'm almost tempted to do this just to tell my grandkids someday. I bet this, you bet this. is the first five, which I'd never oh, seen oh. under three. It is two and a half 
even money on the on your first five. Two and a half. I mean, Chuck could knock an RBI up to DeGrom offensively, for sure. I mean, I mean DeGrom's hitting like 470. I mean, he could hit a three-run homer. At this homer. point, three two straight games scoreless. Joe's got to give up one at least. I mean, there's two. I don't know when they're going to come, probably in the first five. You could also make the case that the first run, uh, first inning run, oh, th- that's would this huge. not be what value? Is that, plus one what? 70? It's going 155 probably. Buddy. 175. Is it really? One plus one. Uh, by the way, sh- uh, shout out to our producer as well, uh, Matt we... Everett, who uh, informs us, Josh. The la- you want to take a guess? Last last pitching matchup. It was not. It was not a Towers Lily matchup that had a five and a half total. No, but you can tell your kid one day that you bet a first inning yes on one seventy five. When was it? Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Who could pitch then? Roy Holiday and who? Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale. And last, what happened? Last five and a half. What did that go over, Matt? Do you know? He doesn't know. He does, he's, of, he's of no help to us. It was of no I help. Can't. It really was of no help. Two <laughs> lefties in the sack line. I want to say it went over. What's <laughs> going over today? You're going to go on the limb say it goes over it today? Over. Five and a half. Well, you and, Jeff, you and Jeff and Greg get to talk about that tomorrow. On, uh, on, <laughs> you have a lot to discuss. Man, what a, what a crazy show we had today. Uh, thanks so much to our, our entire crew. We had a lot of fun. Uh, and I know all of our, not all of our Belmont bets won, but we at least guaranteed one winner. With Josh, and we'll be back to do it all over again tomorrow. 3 to 6 Pacific, 6 to 9 Eastern, right here on VSIN. This is all for us on VSIN Bet Center, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.